0: we
1: have got going for a train in two minutes. Two minutes, yeah, so yeah, that's sorry, not going to no, no, we're, we're just dumping right. right. the drinks <laughs> down and then we're off. late.
2: <laughs> no, sorry, I guess that's the risk
3: of the uh, <laughs> station charge. <just. laughs> Thank, Thank you. Are you going somewhere or are you just waiting for someone no. here? Believe it or not, I belong to a railway enthusiast society, so all railway stations are, are useful places. We've got a meeting here where we're discussing some business to do with the society. One of my men's coming up from Kent. There he is. (laughs) Then we're going away to have a meeting in Costa discussing railway associated business regarding our society. Unfortunately known this station for 60 years and it's changed obviously over the years. It's busier, it's cleaner, it's more streamlined. There's no steam (laughs) trains. There's not many diesel trains.
2: So what are you going to be discussing today?
3: Ah, it's to do with information which we're collecting from books and basically going to scan and store and so the information is held digitally. It's part of an information that we can provide a service to people who are not necessarily interested in railways per se, but do have an interest in aspects of railway. I don't want to do as much as I used to do with a hobby because I've been involved on what we call the management committee for about 35 years. And I need to gradually <laughs> step away. I am retired, I must be quite honest. I'm now my wife. I'm dedicating more of my time to having holidays, traveling around.
2: You seem like a generally satisfied.
3: <laughs> yeah. You mean laid back.
2: Is that what your friends would say
4: about it?
3: I would think so. I just am. I have a silly sense of humour at times, and it comes out. Sometimes I sit and watch other people. It's quite nice to sit and watch other people.
2: <laughs> so, for example, sitting here at the station observing people, do you make up stories about who they are and where they're from?
3: No. No, 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 no.
2: What kind of things do you observe about them?
3: Sometimes where they're going, what they're doing. think, hmm, no, they're going the wrong way, or like anybody else. What are they wearing that for? (laughs) Does it matter? That's the whole point. As long as they're not creating a fuss, you know, dislike if you like two blokes kissing, does it matter? Some people are offended. Why? They're not hurting you.
2: So you're quite open minded?
3: Yeah, I think so. I think so. Let's face it, they call it a small world, it is, so you're inevitably going to see somebody you've met somewhere with. Oh, what's he doing here? a fact of life. You're going to bump into people, you're going to trip over people, see people you didn't expect to see in the strangest of places, then you might see somebody else the following week. It just happens, people travelling around all over the time.
5: Yes, a Franciscan habit.
2: So you're a Franciscan...
5: Friar. That's a sort of technical detail. Oh, here's a here's confrere, <laughs> right. Hello. 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 So nice to meet you. you. Yes, strange places we meet. We're the same, same brotherhood. Are
2: you off to the same place?
5: Probably uh,
2: not, I'm going, I'm, I'm going to
5: Leeds. So, what time's your train? 3.30. And mine's 3.35, I don't think we're on the same train, no, good. Okay. Have a seat. Did you know, you
2: is this a coincidence? Yes. Yes. Oh, yes.
5: wonderful. Yes. We're, there's about 40 of us in the UK and we live in different houses so we don't know what the other, the right hand doesn't know what the left hand's doing very well.
2: Have you met before though, you know each oh, yes. other? Oh yeah, we all know each yeah. other,
6: yeah. So we get together every year for a week in Dorset.
2: So how long have you been a fryer? Since
5: 1970. Um, long time. what?
2: that decision
5: I suppose uh, basically a occasion you believe God has called you to this way of life and therefore you respond
2: and can you tell me what a normal day is like Uh,
5: well I suppose for all of us, prayer and hospitality is at the base of. It's basically what all of us do, but because we live in different locations, some of us live in rural areas, some of us live in urban areas. The actual ministry that brothers carry out is going to vary. Yeah, but on the whole, we tend to live
6: in communities,
5: um, living in, uh, working with people. Yeah, particularly the um, marginalised and the poor.
6: So I'm based in the east end of London, Plasto. It's near the Olympic Park in Stratford. Our main area is with homeless people, and one of the brothers also works with young people and school children. So I'm off to one of our other houses up in Almouth, which is in Northumberland. So we have a retreat house there, uh, where people can go and spend some time and refine their relationship with God there.
2: And why did you decide to join?
6: So I got my first calling when I was 15, and I had a very bad English teacher, so me and my best friend did art in the back of class, and she brought in a book of the work of Pierre Regilles, who are French photo artists, and they did a series of photographs based on the saints, and there was an image of Martin de Porres, and I saw that and went, that's what I'm going to end up doing. And then went, no, that's a stupid idea, who would want to do that? So then decided to do anything else I could. but at the age of 25, joined the order. And how
2: did your parents react
6: all that? Mixed, so they're not of a Christian background. So when I joined, they weren't sure what I joined, but came and saw and realized that it makes me who I most am, and makes me happy, and they love that. About a year ago, I took my life out, which was a beautiful service, and it just felt perfectly right. It felt exactly what I was meant to be doing. It was just a beautiful day with all my friends and family there and all the brothers. It just felt like everything was doing what it was meant to be doing. Once I was travelling down from Leeds to London and sat next to this woman on the train. And we started chatting, but she looked slightly off put. I was just like, oh, why is that? And what had happened was she'd just been through a very bad breakup in Northern Ireland wanted to just get away so I was doing the Santiago de Compostela, the pilgrimage. I got the ferry across to Liverpool and the train from Liverpool to Leeds a nun had come and sat next to her and then I came and sat next to her on the next bit and I have no idea what's happened to this woman but it's so nice to be part of somebody's story in that way it's just so full of joy and just opportunity and God it's brilliant. God bringing those coincidences together to make everything blossom and bloom perfectly. It's very Franciscan.
5: You don't bask too much in the sunshine. I mean, we do help people. I mean, there are times when, you know, we fail to help people, but there are times when you're just part of their journey. And I think it's just getting on with life.
2: So, you know, I came up and talked to you because I saw you were wearing a habit. Does Mm. that happen a lot?
5: I think more and more people today don't understand who you are, perhaps. They may think you're a Buddhist or a Hare Krishna or whatever. You do get people who just come up and say, you just want to talk, they feel there's someone there they can speak confidentially to or that you'll pray for them. There are those who are just darn curious really, which is fine, you're dressed in a medieval garment, so that's understandable. So um, it's an opportunity I think for talking with people and uh, that's good, yeah.
6: The thing I love most though is children who become a Jedi Knight. And it just leads into all these wonderful conversations because that's their cultural link to what I'm wearing is being a Jedi.
2: (laughs) Sometimes it's a bit difficult to navigate my way around, finding different platform,
6: but I've been doing it now for a year, so I'm getting used to it. When I'm on a long journey like today, I have my, Bible on my phone so I listen to that or listen to gospel music. I find peace in my faith. In I am a Christian so I take solace in my
2: faith. So those are the things that gives me peace. Living in the present now, those are the things that I take solace in.
7: I'm okay with talking to people that's my job <laughs> oh, that's easy. so where are you traveling to today I'm going to Leeds is it the one o'clock Leeds it's it's 1235 oh so that'll be one before me so oh, I could tell one one that o'clock. you were kind of from that way on really yeah I'm amazed actually I don't know I just you're kind of hurry. had a feeling because I thought she's one sat one here one waiting two. and I just that's thought so she cool. was just gonna be going that way towards Leeds but do you know what I mean? I don't
8: know. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm only Yorkshire till I was eight. That's all.
7: <laughs> yeah, and I've but, been in Yorkshire I mean, I was life, I so. was born there.
8: I mean, I think my accent is quite colonial. It's not, yeah. you know, it's not as basic Yorkshire as yours. But you do tend to pick it up from yeah. phrases or just something.
7: Well, I'm really proud of Yorkshire, so... Are you visiting?
8: I'm going up to see the family, yeah.
7: Yeah, so yeah. are you actually living down here now, then? I live now, in then? London, yeah. And you're going home, are you? I am. Um, I've just left my daughter here, actually. She's going to be staying with family. She's a dental nurse, so she's currently looking for work. So it shouldn't be too hard. There's quite yeah. a lot of jobs yeah. going, so... Yeah. Wanting to, like, fly and make her own way in life. And she's only 19. Well, it's nice you've got family down for her to stay with. Her. It is, yeah. I've got a good family as well. They're really good. So, you said you work. I there? Uh, I support vulnerable families. Oh, right. I work with families every day, visiting them in homes and stuff like that. So, are you retired? I'm
8: retired. I was a teacher. So, nice dealt with people, but smaller people. Yeah. <laughs> Primary school. Yeah. But I, I worked overseas, actually. I've, I've lived in Hong Kong most of my life.
7: We've retired back here, so
8: I've been here for 15 years now.
7: What an exciting life, mine feels really boring now.
8: (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, you know, you get planted wherever your parents go, really.
7: (laughs) Well, I hope my kids do sort of find a different route because we've been a bit boring, me and my husband. I've got a son who's 20. He's at university doing a master's in physics. So he's just finishing his third year, he's got like another year left, and then, like I say, my daughter's a dental nurse and she's just up sticks quite suddenly and just decided that she needs to find her own way in life. It's just going to be really weird going home and there's like no kids there. Be so- We've just decorated a bedroom as well, she's waited ages. It's going to be really weird. Oh,
8: but they have it there when they want to visit or come home. I know, but it's
7: not the no. same, is it?
8: No, no, I mean, mine left home to go, well it actually he went to um, York, St Peter's in York. So I mean, he went, sort of, probably about 15 actually, so, yeah, you, know, no. you get used to it.
7: Yeah, because yeah, when my son went off to uni, I couldn't sleep for about four weeks and then I was fine. And then when he's home, he's like, I can't wait for him to go back, Leaves a mess and, and stuff like that. Yeah. So how many children have you got then? I've just got my son but he lives in Singapore. (laughs) He was
8: born in Hong Kong, so he hasn't moved very far. Oh,
7: wow. So do you get to see him often
8: then? Well, what I do now, I'm on my own. I go out for the winter. I'm I'm not long back. I go out when it's cold weather and horrid. I just go and plant myself there for the winter.
7: I'm a bit early because uh, I came to London years and years ago, but I'm not used underground for probably about
2: Thirty years. So, like,
9: we need to get there in plenty of time. Just to make sure. Um, well, I'm passing through. I've been down visiting my son, who lives in, in Kent. He he's got a house and lives down there. He's a retired teacher.
2: Are you still working? you retired? Oh, I've been retired
9: for 22 years. I'm a member of Rotary, so I get involved with Rotary activities. It's an international organisation for businessmen, and it gives us the opportunity to give some service to society and help things like charities, both internationally and, um, as far as I'm concerned, in the United Kingdom, You find Rotary clubs all over the world you happen to be in New York or if you're in Singapore, you can go to the Singapore Rotary Club. Mm. Every week they meet and have lunch and then decide on various um, projects.
2: In the Rotary Club that you belong to, do you know everyone there? Is it like quite a small community?
9: Yeah, about 40-odd members, yeah.
2: And would you say you're (coughs) friendly with them?
9: Oh, yes. I live in Stirling in Scotland, so, yeah, friendly, yeah.
2: Is that where you grew up?
9: No, I uh, I grew up here in the south of England. But when I was 18 or 19, I actually went over to Africa. And I worked in Africa for 20 years, Malawi and Zimbabwe and Kenya, Ethiopia, working for an oil company there. Yeah. Mm. I've got four children and they were all born out in Africa. And we moved around from place to place. I was in very, very interesting places. And I was there during during the time when there was lots of these African independent movements, you know, things like that. Ethiopia was very interesting. Yeah. I was there at the time of Haile Selassie, Emperor Haile Selassie, yeah. The fact that it was an ancient Christian culture, you know, that um, the, that, that dated back way into the, you know, in, well, well beyond the Middle Ages, right back into the beginning of Christianity, and um, the people were nice, you know. I was Africanized, for want of a better word. The company that I worked for decided that they were going to have, um, they, they, they were wanted to Africanize all of the positions. And I was in Zambia at the time. And so um, I came back to the United Kingdom. My father was a Scot, although I was brought up here in the south of England. And um, we just settled in Scotland. that has been very good to me. I have,
10: I'm what eighty, coming eighty-three,
9: and that's um, been good to me. I have no complaints. No. Lucky in some things, unlucky in others. Yeah, you know, my wife had an accident, fell over and died. You know, she had Alzheimer's too, which didn't, which was a bit of a, a sad sort of thing. Was a hard going with Alzheimer's. Yeah. And I think one's attitude to life is very important. I'm, one of these people that gets up in the morning and my cup is, my cup is full. Whereas some people get up in the morning and their cup's half full, you know. So I've always felt that my cup was full. There's always been plenty of things to do,
6: Special announcement for passengers who want to travel between fifteen twenty-two 15 to 22 for the service. at 15 to from some anchor
0: I'm heading north to meet my great nephew. I live in Surrey. I very rarely use Kins' Cross. I can't remember the last time I used it, actually. Has
2: it changed since the last time you used it? Yeah,
0: platform nine and three quarters, and I don't remember this. I have a sneaky suspicion all this is new. Does
2: anything worry you about the future?
0: Well, I'm so worried about the future at the moment, I can't even watch the news. (laughs) I honestly believe we're watching the end of Western civilization. I think globalization has created this huge economic disparity in the wealthy countries, which it's very difficult to fix because of the nature of globalization. Rich people move to low tax zones, poor people can't move. And so you can't tax the rich any higher because you lose them and people who are you know, less uh, lucky than uh, than some of us, their jobs are priced at a global price. So you get this huge disparity in wealth which I think will rip Western civilization apart because I don't understand how we fix it.
2: If you could do anything differently in your life, is there anything that you would change?
0: I don't think there is. Every year gets better. I don't mind getting older because every year gets better. I'm looking forward to my husband retiring because I retired just a few years ago and us spending some years traveling the world. We're going to drive around the continent, drive around America, just take our time and see things. Life has been good to me. My family are well, we have enough money, we live very comfortably, my husband's wonderful. So far, nothing serious to worry about. I think the position you're born into in life has a huge impact on what you're able to achieve or even what you understand is possible. Now my husband's family are Irish, I think his father left school when he was about 13 because he had to help earn money to support the rest of the family. My husband got a scholarship to a a private school and the scholarship included the train fare and the uniform and if it hadn't he couldn't have gone because his parents didn't have enough money for the train fare or the uniform. So it took him from the age of 11 onto a a very different path. So he definitely made his own love, whereas I think I've been fortunate because I was born into that path and it just was natural for me to follow that way. I don't believe in fate or anything like that. I mean, there's some things that are funny that happen, but... Some friends of ours, both support Chelsea, went to the ground and were sitting next to each other. So an 80,000-seater stadium, and they were sitting next to each other. So these things do happen. But I, a religion has no attraction for me, or anything that's kind of akin to religion has no attraction for me. Though I do understand the concept of, you know, a spirituality where it's self-reflection and you live the best life you can live. But I don't see that as religious. I just see that as a like a moral way to live.
11: Where are you going to today? I have i visiting. I live in Nottingham. Yeah, it's just I've, been, I've lived there for like a couple of years now, five, six years. Would
2: you consider yourself as a lucky person?
11: No, very unlucky. It's just everything seems to be unlucky for me all the time. It's just how my day goes. Like, I do everything upside down and then I just think that it's bad luck that's happening to me. I don't seem to be a very lucky person. So how
2: do you think you could change that?
11: by praying to God more. <laughs> you might give me some luck.
2: <laughs> Are you quite a religious
11: person? Yeah. Yeah, I go to church every Sunday. Like I, I think like God's work, like when you pray to God a lot, like he pays you back in good ways. Even by praying like every night and you think it's not gonna help, but it does in the long run. Just like even praying to Holy Mary, like even when someone's sick, when things like that goes wrong and then they always seem to work out at the end of it. And whatever you ask God for, He don't do for you straight away, but He does help you at the end of it. You always seem to get what you asked Him for, no matter if it takes ten years. I am Catholic. Catholic. Yeah. I'm originally from Dublin in Ireland. I've been living in England for like past ten years or so. So, cause my family half of my family lives over, here and some lives in Ireland. So I just prefer England. I think it's just a better country. Ireland's very expensive. (laughs) And what are you looking forward to?
8: Um,
11: Getting married and having a family. Just, yeah. Have you met somebody? Uh, No. I'm just like a person that just keeps everything to myself.
2: I'm looking at the time I'm aware that you have to get your train. So thank you so much for talking to me. Have a lovely day. And you.
12: In a fortnight just on holidays, sort of go all over. Rice as well, and we just go on a holiday once a month, we're very lucky. We're off to the Isles of Scilly a fortnight today. Through here but straight to Paddington for the night's sleep at the Penzance to go to the Isles of Scilly. It sounds more glamorous than it is. For me, it's part of the holiday. You know, we, we, we leave Hull at 10 past five and we get to Penzance at 10 to 8 in the morning and I jump on the boat and goes on the plane because she hates the birds. I love the boat, so we meet then in Scilly, and it's uh, just great, lovely. It's all part of the holiday, and I like it rough, big seas, and you get big seas off the Land's End. Well, it's 28 miles off Cornwall, and it's a very small version of Cornwall without the crowds, but every day is different. When you're looking out to sea, you know, the views are different because of the weather bands coming in, We've been very fortunate, we've been all over the world, but for me, the Isles of Scilly are the greatest place on earth.
2: So how long have you been retired?
12: Fourteen years this September the 10th. Great life. Just want to keep it going. <laughs> We're lucky, I had a good job, I was well paid. Um, so, you know, I just you might as well enjoy it, you know. There's no, no pockets in shrouds. So Go ahead and do it. And this is your wife? Here she
2: is. Hello. How did
12: you two meet? On oh, the firm of Chartered Accountants where I started training and worked there 54 years ago.
1: Where are you going to? Durham. Is that where you live? Or? No, I live in Bobna Ridges. Stay with my cousin for the weekend. It was my sister's 50th yesterday and she doesn't know I'm going to Durham. She's going today to Durham to my cousins and I'm going up as well to surprise her. She does it to me, but I've never done it to her.
2: And how do you react when she does it to you?
1: Oh, I end up in tears. (laughs) She lives in Scotland, say, so we don't see each other very often anyway. We're going into Newcastle on Friday night. We're going out for dinner and we're going to a drag show. (laughs) Yes, so it should be good. I'm dying to get there because I'm not due in till five o'clock. And... She hasn't got a clue that I'm coming. from i forward to, to We went from Scotland and she went to Wales to live. And then she moved to Durham with my other cousins. And then I've been in Bourbon for 36 years. I came down to work in Butlins. <laughs> Liked it and stayed. It was another world. <laughs> it's, I mean, years ago, it was absolutely brilliant. But it's all changed now. <laughs> we had lots of nights out because we were only young. I was only 16 at the time then. We just got drunk a lot. We had chalet parties. I was a kitchen assistant. I worked serving the staff their meals. So, so you uh,
2: didn't do the, any of the entertainment? Oh, no.
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that brave. <laughs> but I lived in Clydebank, big industrial town, and nothing much for kids. nothing really for them.
2: And did you meet your...
1: My husband, your yeah. Husband. I met him in Bobner, and in Butlins. He worked alongside of me. He was, he was one of the chefs, <laughs> and I worked in the kitchen. And we just started dating from there. He's from Balham in London. <laughs>
2: so did quite a lot of people get together in Butlins? Yeah,
1: loads of people. That was the end thing days ago. <laughs> I don't know if it's still the same now, because it's all different now. I don't think many people live in the way they used to do years ago. I absolutely loved it, absolutely loved it. And I'd never go back. I'd never move back home again, never. I like going home two or three times a year to see my sisters. My dad, and mum passed away three and a half years ago. So I like going home to see them. But I wouldn't go back and stay. Never go back and stay. Everything's changed. <laughs> After 38 years, houses are flattened. They're no longer there. <laughs> I now live on my own because my daughter and my grandchildren have left. I never thought I'd see the day when I'd like my own company. And I absolutely love it. I thought I'd be stuck with them forever. <laughs> I do enjoy it more because my daughter lived with me for six years with, with two of her children. And you don't appreciate them because they start taking you for granted. And then when she moved out, I look forward to seeing the grandchildren now. I'm not an extension. It was, they never asked mum to do anything. It was always nanny, nanny, nanny. And I thought, why is that your mum? But now I see them twice a week, three times a week. And I love it. And then I have them over to stay at weekends. (laughs) They're my life. My children, my life. Uh. (laughs) I'm just glad my daughter got pregnant at 16 because with the kind of world you live in nowadays, I'd hate to think where she'd have went if she didn't. My son was lucky, he went into the army. My eldest daughter's got her head screwed on, but the youngest one, she was a bit of a tearaway. And I'm just glad at 16 she became pregnant because she's a brilliant mum. She's settled down, she's got two beautiful girls and she's back <laughs> on track. <laughs> where at 14 and 15 she was a little moo, hanging around with the wrong people as they do when their kids think they know best. It's a horrible thing to say that she came home at 16, but I knew then she had to kind of grow up and she is brilliant.
2: Sixteen's very
1: young. Very young. Yeah, that's why she lived with me. But She's only been out the house. Just She's been out the house a year, and her daughter's eight, and the little one's four. She's done well. She took post depression. She had to have six months with the first one, so she I just wouldn't young. do anything. And at sixteen, they still want to go out and enjoy their life, and I used to say to her, no, sorry, you decided to go ahead with this. You have to carry on. So she did. And then I said, when she came and told me the second one was on its way, I wasn't very really happy. <laughs> I said, the, the first one's a mistake, the second one, you knew what you were doing. <laughs> but she's here and she's not got the best of health, but she's fighting every day. And it's a battle we all fight every day. But she's getting there slowly but surely. <laughs> she's a little darling. <laughs> she's got William's syndrome and she was born with a tumour. So she's got a lot of learning difficulties, a lot of mobility difficulties and bladders and bowel problems. But she's getting there. I told my daughter she'd never walk. She's four and she's, she's been walking just two years. She's still not speaking but she's getting there. Sounds like family is really important. To definitely, you. definitely. You never know what's going to happen to you. Yes. Enjoy your journey. I will, thank and you very much.
2: And I hope it goes to plan. So do
1: I. <laughs>
13: Train. Well, we just overnight and um, we get in there about 6.30 and get a sleep and then we catch a plane tomorrow. I live in New York. He lives in the Caribbean. St. Vincent and the Grenadines came to London to attend a function. It's a Masonic function. It's basically a family tradition and we join in the Caribbean. Yeah. My grandfather, my father were masons, and we masons now. You have to apply, and then you have to be accepted. It is a, a, a process where you are um, balloted for. It's an annual meeting, but um, we we don't come annually. It depends on on, on what ha- what's happening. I'm retired, um, and I live with my daughter. I look after my granddaughter. That takes up a lot of my time. So I help her with her schoolwork and Take her to her various extracurricular activities and She's born in the States. I think the kids in the States have a lot more freedom and, Which is not a good thing um, It used to be flogged and that sort of thing which is is illegal in this day and age, my granddaughter could probably take me to to um, to jail or if I if I raise my hand against.
4: So
13: <laughs> that is how we were brought up, very very in a strict um, household, and um, you learn various um, values and so on that help you through life. I just hope that I lived long enough that when she's Able to go on her own, that I can get back to the Caribbean. I'm not really um, a fan of living in this in, in New York. I prefer to live in the Caribbean. We live in a small town, which uh, you, you you tend to get to know people over so there. The neighbors, you know, speak and so on. It's a little more friendly than down in there hustle and bustle of the the big city. There's not much crime. That's why they moved out of of, um, the city, you know, into a rural area. It's much more comfortable, much more friendly. So she's growing up in a a much better environment than she's done in the city. It's a dog-eat-dog mentality.
4: (laughs)
10: You don't want any money, do you? Oh, yeah. All right.
2: And what were you doing in London
10: today? Uh, conference in West London. What
2: was it
10: about? Project management.
2: What kind of projects do you manage?
10: Housing projects, new housing sites across the UK.
2: How did you get into that?
10: I'm not really sure. I just applied for a job and got it, so that's where I am now, yeah.
2: It wasn't your sort of lifelong ambition?
10: No, no, not really. I, I, working's not really a lifelong ambition of mine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what would you prefer to be doing? On a golf course. Is that what you yeah. like? Golf? Yeah, yeah. So I was going to ask, how would you spend your perfect day?
10: Sleep until about 11, and I'd play golf, and I'd have a drink after and some nice food, and a bottle of red wine.
2: Beef Wellington's
10: my favourite meal.
2: With this perfect day, what mm-hmm. would be the music soundtrack?
10: Fleetwood Mac Rumours the album I would say yeah. all day long
2: <laughs> You look quite young to be into Fleetwood
10: Mac I think it comes from my parents probably listening to it from a young age so that's why I like Fleetwood Mac
2: And have you ever bumped into someone you know in a, in a completely unexpected place?
10: Yep We went on holiday before and in the airport my dad's was there and they were going to the same place in the same hotel but we didn't know that was pretty strange we weren't that close but not to talk to to tell them we were going on a holiday but now it was good that they were there it was nice it was a nice week yeah yeah we spent uh, seven nights we were there exactly the same time and on the same flight back so it was it was very weird but now it was good i don't generally speak to strangers <laughs> i like to keep myself to myself
2: What's the biggest uh, question or fear you have about the future?
10: Brexit. How it's going to affect everyone, I think, is is the biggest thing, yeah. I didn't vote. I didn't really know enough about it to vote, so I didn't vote. I'd probably vote to leave anyway, I think. Even though there's that sort of uncertainty, we are where we are now, I suppose. There's a bigness I'm factory quite close to where I live um, and there's a lot of people who work there and I think there's a lot of uncertainty over what the future looks like for them and whether they'll still be working there in five years' time.
14: just come up from Worthing, my son's going to arrive here shortly i going to pick him up and we're going to go back to, to Worthing on the south coast. He's coming from Hull, uni, coming down for a few days to visit. He's the first out of my family that's been to university. What's he
2: studying?
14: Sports psychology, History. yeah, so love uh, me. Wave your mind, knowledge and understanding if you like yeah. What
2: age did you finish school?
14: I finished when I was 17, well, school was 16, college when I was 17, went straight into work. Started out as a computer operator for Nissan, um, became a computer programmer. And became the IT manager, and then there was a tax raid for this in the UK, and it all got shut down. Got made redundant. So are you not
2: working anymore? Or you <laughs> I've got my own business.
14: Now? I'm a property manager. I manage property in in and around Worthing, Hove, and Brighton area in the South Coast. Most of my career, I've got two careers, IT and property management, is is all on the job training for that.
2: Yeah,
4: yeah.
14: May have had a lucky break, perhaps, but.
2: Anything that you haven't done yet that
14: you would like to do? I was going to do a skydive and because of weather it was cancelled so I've got that rescheduled. The world cruise, how about that? When I retire that's what I'd like to do. Yeah, once I'm not working I will definitely jump on my bike and go travelling more. In fact my dad is in China on a bike ride with his mate and they've done 1500 miles and he's currently flying back from Hong Kong now. He's arriving back back home tonight. Another reason for my son coming down to, to visit him.
2: Have you got anything that comes to mind? Something that's happened in a station or on a train in your life?
14: Yeah, picking up my... Um, my son's always been up in Scarborough where his mother is. I likes to travel up you know, all the time to go visit them, bring them back home to, 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 to stay with me for the, for the time. There's one occasion where i had gone up to York, so I used to meet them at York's train station. They come from Scarborough and I'd meet them there to bring them the way back. Um, and I had my youngest with me at the time. Um, so my eldest son and my youngest son went off on the train together. I was dragging the suitcases behind me, just so I got to the train. There's a crowd of people by the door, and the doors closed. And the train went off.
0: <laughs> so, well,
14: a lot of panic of course. Well, my sons, my youngest son, waving to me, bye bye out the window, a big smile on his face. Um, of course, I had my older son was with me. He was only about twelve then. I think my older son. Um, and I'm sort of like just trying to signal, get off at the next station, which is Doncaster, because I had to wait for the next train to come along. Luckily, it was only about ten minutes because it was a delayed one or something, so I didn't have long. But I was separated for about twenty minutes put that way. So I had a very worrying twenty minutes, not knowing whether they'd get off at Doncaster or not. Because when my train came in, luckily I could see them on the platform. That's always stayed in my mind. We quite often speak about that actually when we're on the trains. Yeah.
15: on a three and a half day diversity and inclusion course. It's been very intense and we've been learning about how the most privileged people stem from colonialism and white supremacy and racism and and that the world is still being run by white middle-aged well educated men Um, so I was there to see how we can break down the barriers and try and get equality for people with disabilities or women or race or I'm quite lucky that I think I worked for a company that is quite diverse compared to the other people on the course who came from corporate backgrounds a lot of people uh, were really quite ashamed and that's not what it was about you really had to kind of shake that up and think right I am part of this majority how can i change the situation uh, and look at marginalized groups as well so i think i was a bit on the fence because somebody gave an example of so they get the job and they get the rolex and they get the car and i went well where i come from you nick the rolex <laughs> so
2: would you say you're quite ambitious 11,
15: 14, not 19, now um 22, i'm 22, at a position now where um I can't go any higher within the company where I work, but I'm more than happy where I am. Um, I think I'm getting close to 50, so I'd rather slow down than speed up. So from a work perspective, ambition doesn't focus at all. And
2: is there anywhere in the world that you haven't been to that you'd like to go to?
15: Well, I've only recently started flying again last year after not flying for many, many years. So the world's my oyster, really, because haven't been anywhere apart from in the UK. Why didn't you fly? Just scared, just a fear of flying. I know all the facts and I know all the statistics, but it was just something that, it really, really scared me. My husband wasn't bothered about traveling. My daughter enjoyed the beach holidays in the rain in the UK. So up until last year when we went to Euro Disney, but I did have some drugs, legal drugs, it helped me overcome that fear. So next year we'll definitely go away as a family. I was asked to go with, um, three mums and three other daughters and then I just thought, you know, pull your big girl pants up. So, yeah, me and my daughter went and we, it was great. I sat next to an aeroplane engineer which was very helpful because he talked to me all the way there, telling me things. So that was really quite good. Really glad we did it. My daughter was alright. She she wasn't over-infused by flying. She wouldn't let that hold her back like I let it hold me back with the travelling. She's not been very well at the weekend and today and I've always travelled ever since she was one to London or to Birmingham for a few days at a time for work and it seems the older she's getting the more emotional she's getting about me leaving her. She reads the news now and she knows about the bombings and everything and she's worried for me and she actually makes me wear this necklace because if I died I could get identified easily. So that's quite emotional that, isn't it?
3: yeah
15: yeah bless her so but she's off off work sick today so it's the first time 14 and a half years my husband's ever taken time off to look after her it's quite good that he's had to do that today but she's looking forward to me coming home she's texting me quite a lot bless her
2: thank you so much for talking to me. you're welcome and um, safe travels home thank
15: you that was really nice that past very nice 20 minutes thank you <laughs>
2: make an assumption you are mother and son? Mother and gran- grandson. grandson. What train are you waiting for?
16: We are waiting for the half past one to Edinburgh. We're going to Durham.
2: We live there. We've just come back from holiday, actually. Passing
16: through. Uh, yeah, passing, yeah, passing through. through.
2: So you come from the airport?
16: Yeah, yeah we came, came from Gatwick.
4: Gatwick, yeah. And from there we come came from Grenadine, Vice-Ellenborough. So had a beautiful for holiday. And mm. I have mm. fractured, I think, Staying my arm, and, and four, I fell off points. a curve. Filly <laughs> <laughs> really me. Well, we four, went to, I went four to four the doctor, and told me the live I It wasn't sure if mm. it was broken, but it could be mm. fractured. CV. And, New and New if you put a pot eight, on it, I wouldn't ring. be able to travel home. So I've and come home three. without the pot this on making, but... Um, I'll go straight to the
16: hospital. The plan is as soon as we get back home <laughs> go straight wow. to the E.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good job my grandson came this year.
16: <laughs> yeah, I don't think he would have managed it without his like... <laughs> First no.
4: time we've done it. First,
16: first time, time, I. It's been it's been, really
4: holiday.
16: Yeah. it's been it's been us two and then um, three others.
2: First. November. Yeah,
16: I've really enjoyed he it, really enjoyed is, it. Yeah.
2: Even though, even though they're not
16: my age group, I don't People out there were always saying, like, um, "Oh, you're with all the oldies and blah, 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 blah. I was like, good company doesn't have an age limit, you know what I mean? So I don't think I've been away with you before, I you and my granddad. Hello? No.
4: Do
2: you live near each other?
16: Yes. Literally two doors away. I'm the one that bugs them a lot the most.
4: He is a wonderful grandson and he's been very patient with us. All my friends think he's wonderful as well.
2: What's the most surprising thing that you've learned about your grandmother?
16: (laughs) That she has four kidneys. (laughs) She only found out when you were, what, in your early 70s? Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I said I've heard of four candles, but never four kidneys.
16: (laughs) Yeah. Four kidneys, mad. Never heard of anything like that and what's
2: the luckiest thing that's ever happened to you
4: having a lovely husband and a lovely family couldn't wish for any more
2: would you say you're a lucky person in general
4: no I've worked hard for everything I've got I've always worked hard in fact I still work we have a small hotel and I'm 77 this year, and I'm still working. I won't be working for a while. <laughs> no, <I'm not. laughs> but I've got a lovely husband, very happy husband, and got a lovely family. I'm
16: very lucky to be born into such a lovely family, <laughs> and uh, be very comfortable in life, and yeah, have many things given to us and all that type of thing, whether it's love or other stuff, yeah. I'm not sure that if I believe in luck,
11: you
4: got a free sandwich over there because he <laughs> thought he looked Mexican.
16: No, Brazilian.
4: Brazilian. Thing. You just
16: gave us a free meal. I've never had anyone give us a free meal. I went over yeah. and I got it and she was like, Are you Brazilian? I was like, No, no, I live in Durham all my life, like all my family have. And she was like, Oh, you look Brazilian, like even your features. And then he was just like, Oh, that's on the house. <laughs> that was that. <laughs> so. That was
4: a kind of King's of
16: Crustation. Tasted even better. <laughs>